Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I am incredibly excited to have Savannah Perry, founder of the PA platform and the host of the Pre-PA Club podcast, as a guest on the PA the FI Way podcast today. I have enjoyed highlighting some PAs who have started their own businesses outside of their practice in medicine, as this can be both extremely fulfilling as well as help accelerate your journey to financial independence. It's my opinion that Savannah has created a very special business full of valuable content to help pre-PAs, as well as providing information that can benefit PA students and practicing PAs alike. I'm so excited to get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into what she has experienced as a business owner, as well as provide an overview of the resources that she has created for future PAs. So welcome to the episode, Savannah. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on this side of the interview. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited to have you. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself as a PA. So I work in dermatology. That's the only specialty I've ever done. I went to the University of Georgia for my undergrad. I was a biology major. And then I went straight into PA school at Augusta University. And I graduated from there in 2014 went straight into working in dermatology, and now I work part-time in dermatology two days a week in clinic. So it's a lot of fun. I love my specialty bias, but it's the best. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, dermatology can certainly be a desirable specialty for many current and future PAs. So which parts of dermatology do you enjoy the most? Oh, gosh. Uh, so I shadowed in dermatology a lot before PA school. Sure. And that probably skewed me that way a little bit. But once I was in PA school, I loved being in the OR and doing procedures. So derm gives you a little bit of the best of both worlds where I still get to do a lot of procedures, things like excisions and biopsies and some cosmetics as well. But I'm not stuck with the hours that you may have in a surgical specialty. So still a really great schedule, not working holidays, not taking call, not working weekends, but still getting to do those procedural things. And derm is also an interesting specialty in that there's some instant gratification in seeing things happen. And yeah, Patients see it too, which they appreciate. So when a patient comes in and their rash is better or their spot is gone or their acne is better, they are excited. And I get to see that and experience that versus sometimes if you 
tell a patient they have high blood pressure, they may not know about it, and then they have to take a medicine. So they may not appreciate that as much. So that's a fun part of dermatology is to some patients, it's almost like magic. They're like, oh my gosh, you made this better. And and so that's really fun. Yeah, that's and awesome. So I, I really like just how fast paced it is, but it's pretty much the most perfect specialty for me. That's wonderful. That's amazing that you were able to get into that profession right away that you knew would be a good fit for you and that you've been able to enjoy it for how long you've been practicing as a PA. And how many years has that been total? Seven. Awesome. I think we graduated pretty closely to each other. So yes. been practicing around the same amount of time. So what's your advice for someone trying to become a Derm PA, either as a new grad or potentially switching into dermatology later in their career? I get this question so much that I did a podcast episode on it specifically because so many people want to get into derm and it can seem impossible, but it's not. It is a smaller specialty, so there's not quite as much turnover. A couple tips. Number one, get to know the reps. So if you do a derm rotation or even family medicine or something where there's dermatology reps coming in, a lot of our reps also go to rheumatology offices or pediatrics, get to know them because they go to all of the offices in an area and so they know when offices are looking for PAs. So that's a great connection to make. And they also know, they know reps in other areas. So I've helped a lot of friends get jobs in kind of neighboring states because I'll talk to my reps and they know other reps so they can kind of figure out where's hiring and honestly where you want to work or where you don't want to work. They'll be very honest about that. So that's a really great strategy. And then also, you know, use your faculty and your preceptors and by telling them you want to be in dermatology, a lot of times they'll have connections. My surgical preceptor is the one who actually knew the dermatologist who was hiring and personally called her, which got me an interview. I think I was the third or fourth person that they had interviewed for the position and it ended up being a great fit. And he knew that because I had worked with him for a month and he knew the doctor and he was like, no, y'all would get along great. This is definitely like you need to go interview. And so using those connections, using kind of the networking aspect is really important to get into DERM. The other things to consider are, I think with any PA job, you will have to sacrifice something, whether that's schedule or salary or location. And to get into dermatology, what I found just observing my class was the ones of us who wanted to work in smaller areas and smaller towns had an easier time finding things like dermatology versus someone trying to move to a big city like Atlanta, where it's more saturated with PAs who have experience. Okay. So if you're a new grad trying to get a derm job in a big city, it may not happen as easily without those connections as if you're willing to work in a smaller town where you can get that training a little bit easier. Sure. That makes sense. Thank you for those amazing tips. Some of those are very creative and thinking outside of the box. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. And then again, I'm so excited to have you on the PA the FIA podcast. So are you familiar with the concept of financial independence? And if so, are you trying to pursue financial independence as a PA? 
Yeah, it's something I'm learning more about. I've been a fairly dedicated follower of White Coat Investor. Totally. For a long time. And I I like that he talks about a lot of different things when it comes to money and investing. Um, And I think there's a physician who focuses on financial independence or what they call fire. Sure. (laughs) Um, Yep. Physician on fire. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's it. And so in kind of reading their stories, it it just made me go, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's a different concept than working until you're 65 and then just retiring, Mm -hmm. which my, I guess, background with my family is a little different. Both of my parents are teachers and in Georgia, I guess it would be considered a pension plan where they both worked for 30 years and they both retired before they were 60 with this really great retirement plan, but neither one of them have invested anything in their retirement. Mm -hmm. And that's just because that's how their profession was set up and their path and what they knew. And so that's not something I was ever really taught about was, you know, building a retirement or what that's going to look like. But when you work in medicine, you have to figure it out yourself. There really aren't pension plans in medicine. So this was really interesting to me. And I think at this point, it is something I'm I'm trying to pursue. I don't see myself as ever not working, but I like the flexibility of maybe at one point not feeling like I have to work, if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. I think that those sound like wonderful areas of financial independence that sound like that they're appealing for you and that everyone has different things that they like about the concept of FI. So my mom was pretty similar. She also worked for the local university and retired with an amazing pension. And she did save some in her retirement accounts, but also it was the fact where it was like, well, you should at least get your employer match. But other than that, it wasn't really taught or encouraged or things like that. I wish sometimes I talk with her and I say, mom, why didn't you tell me to invest back in high school when I was working jobs or back in college? And she goes, oh, I don't think you would have listened to me anyway. So, (laughs) but we always have regret. (laughs) But yeah. All right. And so how have you found the balance with practicing as a PA, being a wife to a physician, as well as a mother to a little girl, all while running your business, the PA platform? Oh, gosh. I don't love the word balance because I don't think it exists. Yeah. Uh, And it's just kind of a constant thing. I mean, it's like some weeks I feel like I do really well in one of those areas and really terrible in maybe one of the others. And so it's kind of a constant just readjusting and figuring out where my focus needs to be. I think I've gotten better at asking for help in all of those areas. Yeah. Um, instead of feeling like I just need to do everything myself all the time, I have a couple of people who help me with stuff in my business now because it just was too much. Social media is very overwhelming. <laughs> and sure. so it got to the point where I just needed help with balancing that. And then I really, especially this year, have realized the importance of focusing on my time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, after I, so my daughter's three. And after I had her, I was working full time and trying to do stuff with the PA platform. And that's what I was really enjoying. And I was just wiped out. And so after a year of doing all of that, I went to working part time. My husband is a hospitalist, so he has a funky schedule of working a week on, week off. And 
when I was working four days a week, that meant that we really only saw each other for three days in a row every other week. Wow. Because of how our schedules overlapped. And that's just not really what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, I committed to paying off my loans very early in my career as a PA. I didn't want to be paying on those for many years. I went to a public school to cut down on costs. And so after five years, I felt like I could go to part-time to find a little bit more of that balance. And it was a great decision. So I think for me, it was making those decisions that were a little bit hard and just asking for help um, and realizing I'm never going to do all of those things perfectly. And I have really great people in my life who will kind of call me out on those things too. Sure. And say, you know, you are on your phone too much right now, or you need to focus here a little bit. And so having that accountability is really helpful also. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that information. I think that was a really honest perspective. And I appreciate that you shared that you're getting help when you need help. And it's good that you're able to know that that's the case and to try to reach out when you need it. So that's great. And then would you recommend that other PAs try to create and run a business, whether it's as a medical provider or outside of medicine completely? And then if so, why would you recommend that? I would say yes. I think PAs in general, maybe not everyone, but a lot of us tend to have other interests, whether before we started PA school or that we find later on. Um, And even if it's not necessarily a business, I think pursuing those hobbies and just making time for them and seeing where they could go is important. For me, I started the PA platform really just as a blog and as an outlet. My husband was in med school. I was home alone a lot. And so I I kind of always thought about blogging. And I realized once I started how much of a need there was for more information about the pre-PA process. Um But then at the same time, you know, as a PA, it made sense to be compensated for time doing mock interviews and things. Mm -hmm. Also to compensate for the time that I put into blogging and setting up a website and answering emails and messages. And I mean, I I would be sad to break down my hourly rate for what I do for the PA platform because it's all the time. But it's still, you know, I just felt like it was a resource that was needed. And so it was something I was passionate about. I had briefly tried fashion blogging for about two weeks and figured out I was not passionate about that and I did not enjoy it. Yeah. And so I think doing some trial and error and kind of figuring out if there's something you enjoy, if you want to monetize that, go for it. Um, I, I think a lot of us as PAs have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know – been the kid with a lemonade stand. I sold um, hair accessories I made on Etsy in college to pay for mission trips. Nice. You know, that's just something I've enjoyed. And and so I, I really, I spent a lot of time researching the process of blogging and setting up a website. I mean, I was looking to that for probably three or four years before I did it. Wow. And one of my biggest regrets is I wish I just started sooner. Like I wish I jumped in and did it instead of consuming more and more information about how to do it. Sure. 
And so I think, you know, if somebody, if a PA has an interest and has time for it to pursue it, because it does take a lot of time and there are times where there will be burnout or it'll be overwhelming and you have to take a step back. And I've seen over the past six years that I've been doing the PA platform, a lot of people come and go that just don't understand what all goes into running a business, a website, a blog, so social media. There's just so many aspects to it. And I find that I jump around with what I enjoy. So sometimes I enjoy focusing on essays more. Sometimes I enjoy focusing on interviews more or the podcast or writing. And so it's a lot of different options. So if I feel burnt out in one area, I can kind of go do something else for a little bit if I need to. So yeah, it's, I think there are tons of benefits. It's my creative outlet and yeah, I recommend it. That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all the benefits that you've enjoyed. And like you said, many PAs have other interests outside of medicine. So it's very reasonable to try to pursue those. And, you know, I'm very new with the podcast and my business and things like that too, but I can completely relate with all that you're saying. It takes time to do a lot of this. I was just recording a podcast before we got on here about burnout. So it's funny that you say that. And that's something that's important too to try to combat. And I think that sometimes having interests, whether it's a hobby or a side business outside of medicine, can help combat burnout too. So that's great that you shared For all sure. that. I when I first started, and I don't know if you've experienced this, it felt like my brain wouldn't shut off. Sure. It felt like those first few months, all I was thinking about was the PA platform and the blog post I wanted to write or this idea I had. And so after probably four months or so, I had to take a step back and I didn't really touch it for a month or two because it was just consuming all of my thoughts and all of my time. And so I really had to find, I guess, a balance of kind of when I was working on it, when I was thinking of it, about it, kind of turning that part off of my brain. Sure. So it was becoming something I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. and I I didn't want to keep pursuing something I wasn't enjoying. So by taking a step back, I could come back to it with that passion I originally started with versus the overwhelm. So, I mean, that's definitely a phase I went through during the beginning and even now sometimes. Yeah. Do you mind sharing some strategies that you feel like that you found? Do you try to block scheduled hours throughout your week or something like that? Or how do you approach that? I'm still not awesome at it. I think definitely taking a step away for me is helpful. Uh, And so I will try to block things so that I have breaks. So like with my podcast, I have specific times I record and then I try to get all the episodes processed for a quarter or so so that I don't have to really do that as much, especially since it takes kind of scheduling and more specifics. Social media, sometimes I just need breaks where I don't log in. I'm not looking at stuff. I'm not consuming. I'm not answering messages. So taking breaks from social media, even if it's maybe not the best strategy for the algorithm or whatever, I don't even try to keep up with that anymore. I've found helpful for just my mental state. I do think batching is is very helpful for me. Having a three-year-old, I have very limited pockets of time, just a couple hours here or there, sometimes only a few minutes. So I kind of know at this point what I can get done in a time period. So I know yeah. 
you know, if I have 15 minutes, I can ship some books. If I have 10 minutes, I can get my email inbox cleared out or my Instagram messages cleared out. So doing those kinds of smaller maintenance things when I have small amounts of time. And then if I have a bigger amount of time, I have a never ending to-do list and I can kind of pick a project and work on that to try to get a bigger blog post or a new feature on the website done, updating things on the website and kind of tackle those a little bit better. But it's hard. I definitely still struggle with kind of making a good schedule. And I've also found gain out of my house, which has been hard with the pandemic. But if I'm in my house, I can find a million things that need done. And so it does best for me to get out of my house and be in a neutral setting where I know I'm there to work on PA platform stuff Mm -hmm. versus trying to work on PA platform and do laundry and, you know, kind of do both at the same time. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And then Savannah, you have authored and published a couple of books now, which is absolutely amazing. What was the process of creating and publishing your books? A lot of research. (laughs) Um, So I've done everything on my website and everything myself. I've never hired anyone to do any of that. And so with my books, it's been the same. I pretty much did everything myself. I did hire someone to make the covers because I tried and they looked awful. (laughs) So I hired somebody to make the covers, but I used a lot – like I'm a podcast – person. So I listened to a ton of podcasts on self-publishing. Sure. I read a lot of blog posts about it and kind of figured out the process, which it's not that hard to do through Amazon. There are some other options too Mm -hmm. that I didn't really explore too much. But for me, I think writing it was the hardest. My first book took me three years to get done. The second one took, I think, two years. Sure. And I have another one that's like halfway done that I just need to sit down and finish. That's exciting. But yeah, like I love, I just love the, the creation aspect. Like I love creating content. I love writing. I love doing blog posts. I like, and, and so that's what it was really fun to do that part of it. And so I I wrote it. I used a program called Vellum, which is on Mac only, I think. But it makes it so that you can format your books. So you can, like, write them in there and then format them Okay. also. And so um, I did that part of it. My mom was my editor. <laughs> She's read them so many times. And so she did a lot of the editing for me. And then – yeah, just went through the process of, of getting them set up as a self-publishing um, through Amazon. So yeah. That's awesome. And then I saw that you offer both electronic versions of your book as well as hardback paper copies of your book. How did you settle on deciding that you wanted to go ahead and offer both of those for people? So it's pretty easy through the program because you can generate a written or a paperback formatting and an electronic one very easily. So it it just made sense for me to do that. And I just want it to be accessible to people. So if somebody needs it right now, they can get the Kindle version. And then if they want, like I'm a person who likes to 
for reference, I love my Kindle, but for a reference, like I want to have the book mm-hmm. and I want to highlight it and I want to write in it and stuff. So I wanted there to be a paper copy. And I would say in general, like most people get the paperback copy. That's very interesting to know. Well, it has some worksheets in it too that are kind of interactive. Yeah. Um, and so that gives the option to write in it too. Yeah, that's very cool. And then do you recommend that other PAs consider self-publishing a book, whether it's about the PA profession or otherwise, even if it's just a random, completely off-subject topic that they enjoy talking about as a side hustle while they're trying to work their way towards financial independence? I mean, I think I've heard it said that everyone has a book in them. Um, and That's great. I, I mean, I would say if it's something that you're interested in or have ever thought about, think like try it, you know, write some stuff on your phone in a note. If you have ideas that come up, I have so many ideas on my phone. Give it a shot. Vellum is actually free to download. Okay. But then you just pay to publish, to like publish your book. I don't know how to explain that correctly. Like whenever you're ready to process it, then you pay for the software mm-hmm. or you can pay to do that. So, um, but if you just want to download it and like write, you can. And so I think, you know, Amazon does take a big cut, but for me, it was more just getting a resource out there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's a great option and it's, it is kind of cool to be an author. Like that's neat. Yeah. That's amazing to, to have on your resume. I don't really tell people about stuff I do. Like my friends a lot of times don't know that I do any of this. And so it, it's kind of funny when they're like, wait, you did what? You wrote a book? <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's cool. So I think, you know, with that, like I wouldn't expect to just write a book, put it on Amazon and it sell. Sure. You're going to have to do social media mm-hmm. and things like that if you want people to find your book. Um, a lot of people do Amazon ads. There's a lot of courses and videos on that. I've never done any any ads on anything, actually. Every once in a while, I've promoted an Instagram post about a webinar or something. But I think a lot of people do well with with Amazon ads. It's just not something I've explored. So that may be a way to get around kind of not having to do as much social media if that's not your thing. Sure. Yeah. And I've heard some people have hesitations about publishing through Amazon just because, like you said, they do take a hefty cut. However, on the other side of that, I have also heard that Amazon's also kind of like another search engine tool. So if people are trying to find information about pre-PA stuff, I'm sure your name is right there near the top on Amazon as well as online too. So even though it sounds like they can take some of the money, it sounds like the benefits of working with Amazon probably outweigh the risks. I think so, personally, yes. Yeah. And then do you mind sharing about your two books? What are the topics about them? And why did you choose those topics to write about? So my books are, they're part of a quote series, um, the PA School Personal Statement Guide and then the PA School Interview Guide. And I wrote, I I chose those topics. I actually went backwards. So I started with the interview one and then did the personal statement one. But those are just the topics that I know the most about. Mm -hmm. So those are what I would consider myself an expert in. And they're also what I'm asked about a lot. And so 
essentially when you're being asked the same question over and over and over and you're typing out the same response over and over and over, at some point, you know, it makes sense to put that all together. And so that's pretty much what I did with the the interview guide and the personal statement book was took all of my advice about those things, the questions that people ask me all the time, and put it all together in a book. If somebody just wants to find that information, it's probably on my website somewhere. I have, you know, between the blog posts, the podcast, the videos, I've talked about it there. So you don't necessarily have to buy the book, but if you want it packaged mm-hmm. in a nice pretty bow in a simple way, that's what the books are for. And so my goal with those, they're both very practical and, you know, at the end of it, I want somebody to feel confident in either their essay or their interview skills from those books. I'm not going to like spoon feed you a template for writing an essay or, you know, this is exactly the interview answer you need to say, but I want to teach you how to think about those things and, and do it yourself. And so that's kind of why I did those. And it's just that I, I love the pre-PA space. My backup plan in college was to be a college advisor. And so this kind of helps me fulfill that role a little bit. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, those two books sound like they would have been so helpful back when I was applying to PA school and trying to work on my essays as well as interviewing. So they sound like great resources. And I'm definitely going to make sure to include the links to the books in the show notes for today's episode. They can also be found on Savannah's website at thepaplatform.com. And Savannah, thank you so much for being so incredibly generous because you've also provided a 10% discount on your books for the PA the FIWA listeners. So if you go to her website at thepaplatform.com, and use the code PAFI at the checkout, then you'll receive 10% off of her books on there. So thank you so much for doing that. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you for sharing. And then also on your website, you offer different services as well as it looks like you have a course. So do you mind sharing more about those other resources that you have for pre-PAs out there? Yeah. So I mean, my goal is really to have something for each type of learner. That's something I've been investigating more is different learning styles. Yeah. And so, you know, the book is there if you're a visual learner. And then the course is more if you're, you know, you like to watch video and and kind of have that audio visual type learning um, where we go through more examples of kind of talking through that um, different interview questions, styles, techniques. And then mock interviews are kind of our our big thing where I just, I think the interview process should not be scary. It should be exciting. So by practicing with a PA, you can kind of take the edge off and, and get some confidence building and see areas you need to improve on, of course. But yeah, we do interviews, we do essays, um, essay revision and editing. Um, that's I, I switch back and forth with whether I enjoy editing or interviews more. But <laughs> I would say right now I'm interviews. But sure. um, I love editing a good essay. And just if I send it back to you, it's going to have a lot of red on it. 
but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'll put some good comments too. Constructive feedback. But I, I, yes, lots of constructive feedback and compliments. But I, I really enjoy getting to kind of walk with PA students or pre-PA students through that process. So um, we also have general pre-PA counseling if, you know, a student has some questions or issues that they need to work through um, that our coaches just because we have such a wide variety of experience can really help with that. So, and I think your coach should work on all of those things. Yeah, exactly. So I think that all of those options that you have for resources would have been absolutely invaluable to have had back when I was applying to PA school too. So I think that's wonderful. And again, if you do go to the paplatform.com and use the code PAFI at checkout, then you'll also get 10% off of any of those services. If you want to schedule a mock interview to practice your interview skills, or if you want to take the course, then I think those sound like wonderful resources for sure. So thanks for sharing that. Yes, of course. And then Savannah, where can our listeners find you? I'm a little bit of everywhere. So most places, I'm the PA platform, um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Uh, on TikTok right now, I'm at Physician Assistant. That may change to the PA platform at some point. But yeah, I am somewhere and everywhere talking about PA stuff most of the time. Yeah, I really enjoy following Alana on Instagram. And you also share some of your TikTok videos on there too. So yeah. if you guys don't follow Savannah already on there, you definitely should. It's really fun. And then is there anything else that you think that we should know about the PA platform or anything else that you would like to recommend for pre-PAs out there? Oh, gosh. Um, for pre-PAs, if you have questions, probably the easiest thing to do is just search the PA platform and whatever you're looking for, yeah. and it'll probably pop up. Yeah. Um, for any other PAs who want to you know, explore starting a business or writing a book, um, feel free to send me a message. I love talking about this stuff. And I think it's it's really fun to connect with other PA entrepreneurs who are doing really cool things. And um, we can all kind of benefit and learn from each other and support each other. Um, I share a lot on Instagram from PAs who have created study books or t-shirts or um, scrubs. And, you know, I think I think we can all support each other certainly and, and kind of help each other. So I think it's it's a really great community to be part of. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Savannah, and for our listeners to listen in today as well. I'm sure they really enjoyed it. It was super fun and informative to talk with you as a practicing PA and a business owner. I've personally learned a ton from all the content that you've created, even though I'm a practicing PA, not even a pre-PA. But all the pre-PA information and resources that you have created seem to be absolutely invaluable to those students. So I encourage that they check it out. And thank you for creating all the amazing content that you've been creating over the years. Thank you for having me, Kat. Yeah, definitely. And I hope that the listeners check out your podcast as well at The Pre-PA Club Podcast. And when this episode airs, we plan to be guests on each other's podcast, which is super fun. The same day we're going to be launching. So your podcast that I recorded with you when I'm going to be a guest was actually the first time that I was a guest on a podcast, and that was just absolutely a ton of fun. So I really hope that the listeners here also check out your podcast too. So 
I'm really excited for that. And thanks so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.